Welcome to Season 4 of Passing the Peace. Featuring Amy Meyer and Nancy McCraney. Passing the Peace is a podcast with a progressive look at faith, religion, God, the Bible, and some other stuff. If you're listening right now, it only takes a few clicks to help us out. You can subscribe to Passing the Peace. You can give us a review. And you can even share the podcast with someone who might be interested. Today's podcast is about speaking in tongues. It's a topic that came up fairly recently because of a famous preacher named Max Lucado. That's first name Max, M-A-X, Lucado. I said the name Max Lucado in that sermon countless times. Yes. Maybe, you know, 950 times, I don't know. (laughs) And there was one couple, if not more than one, the entire time thought I was saying mashed potato. <laughs> you were speaking in tongues. They needed an interpreter, right? Yeah. Some guy That's, named Mashed Potato. It. Oh my gosh. A rapper. Yeah. He raps in tongues. <laughs> He's written hundreds of books. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so here's a story about Max Lucado. Okay. I went to college with him. What? He was an upperclassman. I was a freshman and he was a senior. But I remember seeing, he was this redhead guy, big, you know, nice looking. Um, and he was really good friends with my cousin um, and was best one of the groomsmen in his wedding. So he was just a guy. Uh-huh. And then he's become this phenomenon, right? Yeah, yeah. And a friend of mine used to drive from flute, well, maybe they lived in shirts. They lived south of Austin and would drive to San Antonio to go to church and just loved when he would preach. And I've, I've had cds of his sermons some of them are really good like some good theology and then some of it i'm like ah i'll pass on that Mm -hmm. so i was a little surprised that he would announce this thing so it was big news in the evangelical world this past week when max lucado announced that he now includes speaking in tongues as part of his prayer time and he said what happened was that He desired to receive a spiritual gift, and so he prayed every day for about two weeks to receive a spiritual gift, and then after about two weeks, he went to pray, and he started praying in tongues. So, okay, this whole sermon about speaking in tongues, I was surprised at my visceral reaction to the topic that you were going to preach on it uh, and then just throughout the sermon I had to keep checking in with myself and did you grow up in a church where that was a thing at all or no okay but I do remember seeing on tv at a very young age I think it was Benny Hinn uh-huh yeah I just know he would wear like a white suit maybe like a seersucker okay and um he would like push people in their face and like he would like smack people with his jacket and he was like really violent he would he's doing all kinds of really violent stuff and he would also like just periodically speak in tongues like when he was he'd be like saying something you know like oh the lord this and that and then he would just say if he he would do it in short spurts yeah okay and i was fascinated but that was also like even if you had cable you had like 20 channels total yes. and yeah you just like watching whatever is on <laughs> i'm just watching this pentecostal service Entertainment. you know <laughs> yeah so i do remember seeing it at a very young age but i never 
saw it in person until I was yeah. a hospice chaplain. Yeah. Well, I remember it was not a thing when I was growing up in the Church of Christ. Okay. I heard about it. Okay. Because there was this, so I was growing up 60s and 70s, I was born in 60s. So I, when I was a teenager, I would hear about it because sort of the charismatic movement was happening, mm-hmm. if I'm correct on my timing. And then when I went to ACU, Evelyn Christian, there was a little more talk of it because there were little pockets of students that were into, you know, what's your charism, what's your spiritual gift. And I went to, we had these huge devotionals. And sometimes they were outside and sometimes they were inside. And I remember being in an auditorium and this guy that I knew, who was kind of a leader, a student leader, he stood up and I don't know if he said something in English first and then he spoke in tongues. And I remember thinking, that feels so odd. Mm-hmm. Is that, are you for real? Because mm-hmm. I don't feel anything but just sort of perplexed right now. Yeah. And and so, and then I had a job one summer after, co- like during college, I worked at this electronics corporation or company. And several of the people that worked there full time had been born again, right? Mm-hmm. And they wanted to talk to me about it a lot, like all the time. And, and they had, I don't know. I don't remember if they talked about, I think they did talk about speaking in tongues and asked me if I spoke in tongues. And I was like, no. And one of them loaned me this Pat Boone book. Okay. Pat Boone. He was like a 1970, 60, 70 singer. Yeah. And also a religious figure, squeaky clean, like white shoes, white pants. And then his daughter, Debbie Boone, like had a hit song. Okay. But Pat Boone was beloved in the sort of evangelical circles. Okay. And so I read this book. I'm probably 18 or 19 years old. And it's all about his experience of faith and how he prayed to have the gift of tongues and he received the gift of speaking in tongues. And so for about a week, I would lay in bed at night and I would pray, okay, hit me up. You know, (laughs) I'm, I'm open, I surrender, I want to receive this gift, and nothing happened, uh-huh. right? And I kept thinking, what's wrong with me? It feels like this is the the sign that you're really in the club, right. like you're really a Christian, if right. you've got this particular gift. And then finally I broke down and told my dad, who was a minister and a great guy, and I said, I don't know, I can't, I'm not getting anything. And he said, well, maybe you don't need it. Maybe that's not, it's not important for you. And I said, well, what do you think about all that? And he said, I think if God needs us to have things, then we have them. God is a generous parent and does not withhold from us the things that we need. I thought that was a really good answer. So I kind of let go of it at that point. But I notice I still have that almost a little bit of, ooh, resentment, like you're like, Max Lucado, you're acting like this is something extra special mm. instead of, yeah, that may be something that's true. I don't know. I'm not going to devalue it or dismiss it. But mm, maybe don't make such a big deal out of it. Just like you don't make a big deal out of, hey, I'm a preacher. I preach every Sunday. I'm the, mm-hmm. I have the gift of preaching. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Tell me what you think. Um, I would never 
Well, I want to say never. I would usually not 100% discount anything. Right. But I would 99.9% discount speaking at times. Yeah. I, I do think that there are people who believe that they are doing it. Yeah. And therefore they're not lying. Correct. Because yeah. they believe that they're doing it. But there's just been so many former evangelicals Mm -hmm. that have come out and said, uh, talked about their experiences in the church growing up and how they never got the gift of tongues. So they just pretended. Yeah. And because to fit in the club. And it all sounds really similar. Yeah. And I think maybe different evangelicals have different definitions of what it is exactly or how to do it or how it works. Mm -hmm. So some of the people that I found online Like, there was one guy that, I think his YouTube video was called something like, I'm going to teach you to speak in tongues. Oh, wow. And so he was like, you know, this is just a way to pray, and all you have to do is kind of loosen up your mind and your body, and go like this. And Mm -hmm. then he tried it, you know. And he's like, it'll just come to you, and whatever. And I think if people are doing that, the way that he instructed, then... I can't, it can be a form of prayer and it can be meditative in nature and it probably doesn't hurt anybody. I think it's human generated. Mm-hmm. I, personally, I do. Well, years ago, I, I heard a podcast. It was this group called The Liturgists. Okay. And they Sounds did familiar. a podcast on speaking in tongues. Oh. And all of them had grown up either in a fundamentalist church or a Pentecostal church. It was four hosts. And one of them, the one that grew up Southern Baptist, had never spoken in tongues, didn't really. And he's a scientist, so he was like, Ugh, you know. <laughs> he said, he, he said I wear a, a black wristband that says WWRDD. What would, is it Richard Dawkins? Yeah. But he's always filtering things through this scientific, um, slightly cynical lens when it comes to supposedly supernatural phenomena. Okay. It's like there should be an explanation in the natural world that God created, right? For for anything that mm-hmm. seems supernatural. But they were having this conversation and it was so fascinating. And this one guy, his father was a Pentecostal minister and he said their father used to set the timer for 15 minutes for the family and say, okay, we're going to pray in tongues. Go. Hmm. And they would all just, you know, and um, I thought that was bizarre. Yeah. Like you can just say, okay, go. Um, but it makes me think that you can learn sort of this speech pattern. Yeah. And it could almost be like saying a word over and over right. where you're blocking everything else out yeah. and you can really open your heart. The, the science guy said he gave this study that I thought was fascinating. And I don't know all the parts of the brain, right? So forgive me here. But he said they've done imaging studies of people that are deep in meditative states, yeah, including transcendental meditation and, you know, Buddhist meditation, all kinds. And sort of a lot of the, their brain lights up in a particular way. And especially the centers that have to do with compassion and love and bliss, like a lot of those are lit up. When they've imaged people speaking in tongues, interestingly enough, the front of the brain is not lit up at all. 
so the frontal cortex that's connected with speech. And so the supposition is something happens where what's coming out is not linear speech. It's this maybe older part of the brain, mm-hmm. but it is human generated. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of a lot of people, elderly people with Alzheimer's or dementia at the end of life. They lose speech, but they can still, they have this patterned yes. sound that they can make. Same with movement, this rep- repetitive mm-hmm. movement. And I wonder if it's sort of a tapping into a really old, sort of deeper part of our brain that's not trying to communicate anything like that makes sense. Right. And I bet you that that's what happens the more you practice. Cause I would think that if you're trying to do it, it probably is using the speech part of your brain. Cause you're thinking now I'm going to say ba and then I'm going to say pa. Right. And whatever. <laughs> until, yeah. until you kind of get used to some kind of a pattern that you've created. And then maybe it's more and more in this other part of your brain, which I assume could feel pretty uh, meditative and yeah my personal observation personal is that you used to hear a whole lot more about speaking in tongues the people who practice speaking in tongues used to be a whole lot more public about it but now that we've had so much time to record it and analyze it you don't hear it as much anymore until you're on the computer and you see a headline that says that Max Lucado speaks in tongues and then you go, huh? Back when I was a hospice chaplain, I was visiting a patient who had been a member of an Assemblies of God church. And I remember we had a great visit. And then at the end, she asked if I would join her in prayer. So of course I said that I would. And she said, would you mind if I speak in tongues? And I said, no, I don't mind. And so then we prayed together. I prayed in English and she prayed using sounds that were similar to what you would normally hear if you were to Google, you know, somebody speaking in tongues. It did not seem to me as though she was tapping into some other language or that she had some kind of a special connection, but it did appear that she was praying in her own way without using recognizable words. And I know that there have been times in my life when I've not been able to find words to pray and I've maybe uttered a few syllables that weren't necessarily connected to any real words. And I certainly do think that sounds and syllables can be used for meditative purposes and for prayer. And I also think that it can be helpful, especially in times of anxiety or distress, to detach a little bit and to take a break from all your brain activities so that you don't have to think, even if it's just for a few minutes. Of course, the obvious problem with that is the danger of believing that thinking might be a bad thing. And I also think there's something about the way I grew up and how I was exposed to all this that where there's so much ego involved. Uh-huh. And that always hits me at a really gut level. I get intense about not liking something. If it feels like this is proving 
that I'm in a little different class right. of Christian than you. Yeah. And I, I just don't think that's the way it is. I think right. there are heresies I'm that are called, sure that. like Gnosticism. Like we, yeah. we rebuked that heresy a long time ago that there's this, these levels. Mm-hmm. So I think that was part of my reaction to that. Yeah. And then I loved what you did with it. I loved it. I think when you talked about, I'll just kind of retell briefly, that you were a chaplain at Gardner Betts. Oh, right? I was a volunteer. A volunteer. Mm-hmm. And you did Bible study, which that is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Okay. I mean, for teenagers, period. Yeah. But for teenagers <laughs> that are like locked in a, you know, ward for, you know, things they've gotten in serious trouble for. Yeah. So that makes me think they probably had a lot of trauma and hard things that they've already experienced in their lives to get there. So this was in 2005 and the Gardner Betts juvenile detention facility is basically a jail for youth in Austin, Texas. And I can remember when I went through the orientation, it was don't wear a skirt, don't wear a dress, don't wear flip-flops or sandals. You have to be able to run at all times no earrings, no necklaces, nothing that can be grabbed or ripped off. You can't wear your hair in a ponytail because they can grab that. Uh, You can't have your purse or a bag. You can't bring your car keys inside, no pencils, no pens, no paper clips. After I went through the orientation, I knew that I was going to be in a situation that I've never been in before, but I didn't think that it was going to be an issue because I had led countless Bible studies for youth in the past And I had never had a problem connecting with the youth. So I thought, how different can this be? And it turns out that it was pretty different. Um, I did my very best, but nothing seemed to really land with them. Leading this Bible study and nobody's listening. And, you know, I can just imagine the chaos and the, how that would feel as someone trying to present something valuable to you and it's not being received It was obvious that they saw me as an outsider and there was just a major barrier between us. It was obvious I didn't know their culture, I didn't understand their lives, and I didn't speak their language. But something interesting happened. As I was waiting for the guards to come and escort me out, I kept hearing them talking about something called zero. I had no idea what zero was, But I could tell that whatever it was, it was very exciting for them. And so when I got home, I spent hours searching the internet trying to find what is this zero that they're talking about. And I eventually found out that zero was the name of a rapper whose music was very popular with prison culture at the time. And I also discovered that the reason I couldn't find him very easily was that he spells his name with an X, X-E-R-O, instead of with a Z. And yeah. then you looked up, and Zero had had this big conflict with 50 Cent, mm-hmm. who's another rapper. And then I guess you, you learned that story, mm-hmm. and you led the next Bible study through the lens of the conflict. Yeah. And then did they reconcile? I don't, I don't remember that no. part of the story. Okay. Well, I don't know if they have now, but at the time, it was an ongoing not. conflict, yeah. I spoke just the tiniest bit of their language, but it was enough to build a very small, very narrow bridge. 
And when those young inmates saw that bridge, it was almost chaotic. They were wide-eyed, they were engaged, they were constantly raising their hands and asking questions. They were excited, they were like, miss, miss. And the guards were like, wait till she calls on you. And that was your way to speak in the language they could understand. And then it just gave me chills. They were on the edge of their seat, they had their hand up, they were trying to interrupt each other and go in and get in their Bibles. And I mean, mm-hmm. that must have been amazing. It was amazing. I think I started by going, have y'all ever heard of Zero? And they were like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I remember them going, miss, you know who Zero is? You yeah. know who Zero is? And I'm like, of course I know. Yeah, right. Because I Googled it. <laughs> right. I've been studying him for the past <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they always called me Miss. Like, yeah. Miss, Miss. Yeah, when you said that, I was right there with you. I was yeah. like, yep, yep, I know this group. <laughs> they were hungry to hear the good news of God's grace and love. And they heard it when I spoke in a tongue that they recognized. The Bible never says that speaking in tongues has to sound like gibberish. And it never says that it has to be spontaneous. Well, and I just thought, what a brilliant way to frame sort of the gift of tongues. Talk about a gift to be able to speak to people in a language that they can really hear. Mm-hmm. And I think that is very godlike. I feel mm-hmm. like God comes to us the way we need God to come to us and speaks to us in ways we can hear. Yeah. Through people we can listen to. Yeah. Uh, and So I just thought that was such a great, beautiful, beautiful story. The part that said something about the gift of interpretation, it's funny. I remember when, I'm four years older than my brother, and when he was just starting to speak, he was hard to understand. And I remember my mom very frequently turning to me and going, what did he say? Uh Uh-huh. And I would say, oh, he said that he wants milk or whatever, yes. you know, and, and she'd be like, oh, okay, you know, and, and I was like my brother's interpreter because I, I guess I was just closer to his age and remembered maybe trying to talk that way or something. Um, and there was a couple of times when I remember doing that with my two kids as well. Um, and for sure, I always had to interpret for my kids when they were talking to any other adult mm-hmm. that wasn't used to listening to them when they were little. So, you know, they would say something and the uh, uh, adult would look at me and I would say, he said, he yeah. likes your shirt or whatever. And I, when you were talking about interpreting for your brother or interpreting for your kids, I, I was thinking about my mom who has dementia mm. and how I have to change my mindset when I go in to visit with her. Mm. Sometimes we have great conversations. I told her all about your sermon and she got real excited <laughs> about this particular story. Oh, yeah. And, but she can't then respond in the ways that she used to. Mm-hmm. And sometimes she'll even say things and I have to really look for, okay, what did she just notice on her television or in the community room that she's responding to or inside of herself and occasionally when other people are with us, they look at me mm-hmm. with this perplex, like, I don't know how to respond to this. And usually I know. Yeah. Or I'll ask her, hey, mom, you know, are you watching the TV? Are you, oh, you're thinking about 
this time when you know this happened. Yeah. So it is a, a way of loving her. Yeah. By hearing her language. Yeah. And learning it. Yes. So I I think that's powerful. So one thing I said in the sermon, I wondered if we would hear more about speaking in tongues because it just occurred to me that with someone um, like Max Lucado coming out and saying that he speaks in tongues, it might give others the idea <laughs> to do that, like political leaders. And But I have to say, I personally haven't had, heard anything since then. I haven't either. And I remember hearing that in your sermon. I thought, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. But I haven't. So that's curious too. Uh-huh. I have heard, and it was like you were saying with that Benny Hinn, there's some, I, I picture them as these really skinny, wound tight women that are ministers that I, you see on the internet. I'm sure there are men too, but I've just lately seen, hmm. there's one named Paula White or something. And it's the way, what they do is just, to me, it's bizarre. I don't, they're rebuking and they're this and that, and then there's a little bit of gibberish in there and it seems like a show to me. Uh-huh. It feels like performative. Uh-huh. And I'm usually highly suspicious of things that are performative. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel that need for whatever that is. Yeah. But the, the need to speak so people can hear and receive and experience grace... Yeah, that's a life's work. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if it doesn't happen spontaneously, because sometimes communication takes time. But what doesn't take time and what can happen spontaneously is what happens in your heart, the call to love as Christ loves. And love is a heavenly language because it's a language that transcends everything. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and stay tuned in the next few days for a special Easter episode that should drop pretty soon. Remember, it only takes a few clicks to help us out. You can subscribe to Passing the Peace, you can give us a review, and you can even share the podcast with someone who might be interested. This is Amy Meyer coming to you from the First Presbyterian Church in Elgin, Texas. You can find us on our website at www.fpc elgin.org that's first presbyterian church in elgin texas if you enjoy the kinds of conversations that we are having and if you think that these kinds of conversations are important then we invite you to come and join us join in on these conversations if you're in the area and until next time the peace of christ be with you and also with you now go and pass the peace to everyone you meet